From tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, Episode 10, for September 22nd, 2016. The Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, collegiate senior in atmospheric science Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer for The Lift on the Weather Channel app, Dina Knightley, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network radio operator, Mark Johnson. Today, the Freaks welcome Aubrey Urbanowitz, Chief Meteorologist for WHSB-TV and WeatherBrains Podcast Panelist. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks Podcast, amateur storm spotter, Phil Johnson. All right, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening device. Uh, believe it or not, this is the 10th episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Double digits. Yeah. So, uh... We want to thank everybody for listening. We have Chief Meteorologist and Weather, uh, weather Brains Panelist Aubrey Urbanowitz is going to be on tonight. And we'll also be discussing if there's enough warning, education, and fear of lightning. Uh, but, you know, I was thinking, guys, this, so this is our, our officially our 10th episode. I was thinking today, we, I was thinking about doing a um, look back, you know, like the 10th anniversary <laughs> and, and I thought you know yeah we could do a, a look back on the last nine episodes and we can say like hey you know remember back in June remember when we did that thing <laughs> that thing yeah wasn't that awesome that was awesome <laughs> you know? remember remember two weeks ago when we did that uh <laughs> yeah so I thought we could like play bits of the last nine episodes we've done but and then I thought obviously there's not enough there so that nah. uh yeah. So, and and if you haven't heard, we actually did. So, so we've got some unofficial episodes. We call them bonus episodes. But we did uh, we did another bonus episode on weather themed craft beer. beer. Uh, that's now available. It's titled "Storms Are a Brewing," and uh, we definitely <laughs> we we had a lot of fun on that. We got some uh, MJ and I got some free beer out of the deal because we were actually that's recording. Nice. Cheers. From, nice. Well, you know, here's here's what I'm thinking. So, number one. <laughs> Where's mine? Um, you know, everybody Where's loves <laughs> exactly. Every, well, listen, everybody loves beer, just about, and and just about everybody loves weather. So why not combine those two and have a a weather themed craft beer episode? And of course, really, what was cool about it is so there were five different breweries, and they had some great stories behind how they named or why they named their beers. That I I really thought I wasn't expecting that thought they'd pull out a weather name uh for the hell of it and they actually came up uh there were some good reasons why they had their weather name so uh that's available uh to listen to that was uh episode b3 um i mentioned this last episode too i'll i'll be at the indiana chaser con on november 19th uh so definitely hope to see you there last i heard there are still tickets available for that um, fifteen dollar tickets so it's very inexpensive <laughs> brady or did you decide are you going to join me on that or are you staying in Columbus? Um, for you know, I still have to figure it out. I know, I know, I have. Um, I was recording um, at NBC Four, the station here that weekend, uh, so I'm still figuring it out. So All right, fifty percent in, fifty percent out. I don't know. I'll you know. Well, you got to got to pick a side, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You got to pick All a right, side. Well, in, I will. And, I will. And I, I got to figure out the details. Know, right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna break. Um, all the all the laws here, the privacy laws, uh, because Brady is suffering from some allergy, so we're sharing his health history. But that's why when you hear him clear his throat and you hear all that phlegm in the background, 
Uh, that'll be Brady. From cats. And, and I'm a bit drowsy as well, Phil. I've emphasized that. I've taken two Benadryl, so I'm a, I'm a little bit drowsy right, right now. I was I'll waiting to up. see if you took some Benadryl. And then, oh, yeah, uh, and then the last thing is our so our next show in two weeks. We are going to be continuing our co-host search uh, with the Weather Channel's Jennifer Watson will be our guest co-host. Uh, plus, our guest is going to be Reed Stowe. Now, Reed is of Rex Game Studios. They're going to give us an update on their Storm Quest, uh, Storm Chaser video game, uh, which I thought uh, was really cool. So they're working on this. Sweet. Uh, storm chasing video game where you can kind of you know do do a little weather forecasting, pick your site, where you want to be, uh, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we're going to get an update on how they're doing uh, on that video game. So, uh, but without further ado, I see that uh, Aubrey is back. Uh, our guest is Aubrey Urbanowitz. She is, and I'm I'm excited to introduce her this way. But she is now the chief meteorologist. At WHS, they're in Harrison, uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia, and she is also a panelist on the Weather Brains podcast. But Aubrey, thank you for joining us. Thanks for asking me to be here. So here's first and foremost, I want to get this out of the way and get you started talking a little bit about your story because I I am all about being the guy that gives everybody else hope. Uh, being the guy that people can look at and go, well, for crying out loud, if that guy can do it, definitely I could do it. And I think you, you have got a great story to give a lot of people hope that maybe aspire about being uh, not only in meteorology, but, but in television meteorology. So tell us your kind of pseudo rags to riches story. It's a good one. Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting an interesting background, and I use this a lot when I go to schools because um, I was always frustrated in, in middle school and high school because I went to school with a couple of these kids who knew this one girl, knew she always wanted to work for NASA, and I thought, okay, that's cool. How, how do you know that at such, you know, at 12 and 14 and 16, how, how do you know you just, you want to work for NASA? And it always frustrated me because I thought I wanted to be, you know, a teacher or um, a pilot or, you know, whatever it was. And I never really felt that connection with anything. And um, when I was 17, I started working at Chili's. I was hired as a hostess. Um, I, I still remember my hire date. It was twelve twenty eight ninety eight, and <laughs> I ended up working for Chili's for twelve years. So I went wow. from being a hostess uh, a few months later to learning how to serve, and I did this one uh, job. If anyone's worked in the restaurant business, called QA, and it's an expediter, basically put everything together in the back. So it was a lot of it's a lot of busy work of knowing. So I worked all sorts of positions, and then I started doing um, training for Chili's after about three, four years. So I ended up applying for this, uh, this team, this corporate trainer position, and they would select a team of 22 trainers from each different area of the restaurant. And they would send a group of us out to a town where they were opening a new store and we would be there for 17 days. And some of us would end up being there for about 24 days. And so I started being a part of this team. And before I knew it, I was traveling around the country. They were not all glorious, glamorous towns. I mean, I was sent to the, you know, the middle of nowhere where there was just a Walmart and a hotel and because a that's where they were building a and new chili. So <laughs> well, I love were... that chilies, baby. 
<laughs> so there are a lot of small towns. There were some towns that were, you know, uh, Keene, New Hampshire was one of my memorable ones. Uh, and, you know, you get to go to Boston on your day off. I got to go to South Korea. Um, and I also got to go to Banff, Canada. Mm. doing these openings, which are really cool. And uh, unfortunately, I had to turn down a couple, um, which I kind of still kick myself about. One was Istanbul. And um, Ah, I was finishing school for weather at the I was finishing my my degree in meteorology. And it was I I thought I could get all the work done before the trip. And I just I realized I couldn't. And I was at the point where I was taking a a class that was a spring only class. And uh, and I realized I couldn't wait a year. So, so anyways, uh, in the middle of all this training, I was sent to, it was, uh, 2004, 2005, um, which if you know, weather 2004 for a hurricane year, uh, was mm-hmm. quite the interesting year when, uh, when all the storms hit Florida. So I happened to be in Florida for two of the four storms, um, Fran and Jean, I think it was down yeah. there for Fran and Jean. So um, where were you going to school? I was, I ended up, well, at this point I wasn't going to school. You weren't at that point. Okay. I was just, I was working for Chili's. And then the following year was when I was sent to Louisiana and we ended up um, coming home from the restaurant on a Friday night. And the original, a lot of people forget that the original track of Katrina had it going into the panhandle of Florida toward Panama City. And, you know, we had kind of been watching that week and that's where it was going to go. And we came home Friday night. I still get goosebumps, actually. Um, We came home that Friday night at 11 o'clock and sat down in the lobby of the hotel and watched the news. And the track had changed. And uh, I I can say that I've honestly never been more scared um, in my life at that moment. So um, it was my first time being left in charge. So there were nine of us left because I was part of an extended team and I could not get hold of any of my bosses. One was on an international opening. One was getting married and the other one was at the U.S. Open in New York. And I could not get a hold of them. And finally, someone called the manager. Actually, I went to the manager of the restaurant who was horrible. I did not like him at all. And I told him that uh, that, you know, we had a problem. The storm was headed our direction. We were right outside. We were in uh, Laplace right outside of mm. New Orleans. And he said, it's not going to hit us. They never hit us. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. And I, my words, I still remember having that conversation with him. And I said, well, that might be so, but we are getting out of here. I need my receipt money. I need my gas money. And me and my trainers are leaving. If we can't get a flight out, then another trainer I was with said, we'll just take the rental car. We'll go to Texas. I don't know why he said Texas, but that's what he said. So Mm. we ended up, someone called us back. We got a flight out, got sent to North Carolina and Mm. a place called Monroe. And then there was another like little hurricane. I think it was Ophelia, Opal, Ophelia. There was some O name that scooted up the coast. Didn't do much, but I was in North Carolina. And uh, then I got called back to New Orleans to Slidell and Mandeville about it was about the second week of September to go reopen some of the stores that had lost a lot of employees that um, had dispersed. And so I went back with a girl and we go down there not knowing what to expect. I get to the airport and it's, you know, musty and drippy and there's tarps and plastic Mm, on everything. I didn't even know it was reopened. Wow. wow. They had reopened only a small section of it. And this was, this was, a, it was about the second week of September because mm. I remember the president's plane was taking off as I was like, I remember seeing the president's plane there. No wow. Holy so crap. we, um, 
we got together and and drove to Slidell and Mandeville. And of course, we're going over the Lake Pontchartrain and all the side barriers are like, I'm not even sure how this this bridge is supposed to officially look because all the sides were like collapsed and the little turnaround things were all like gone. So yeah. we're kind of wondering, wow, are we going to make it across? Oh um, and so, so we get to the other side, there was still a boil water effect in place and a curfew when we got there. So we, we were there soon after. And uh, so we were right on the lake. Our, they put us up in an empty apartment in Mandeville. They had to ship our bedding in from Florida. Wow. Oh my it's, goodness. It's a real oh fun story. God. So we basically, basically the, the restaurants were open from like four to 11. And um, so we, we worked and trained and we were supposed to be there for two weeks. Uh, two weeks turned into a month. I ended up flying home. It was about two weeks before Christmas. Wow. Eventually. Wow. So I was, I was there. I was, it, I was there so long. They were taking like Louisiana state taxes out of my check because <laughs> I, was there. I had to file it on my income taxes and, and get it back because they, I'd been there for so long. So it was at that point when um, Damn, I realized crazy. I didn't want to be a restaurant manager. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but maybe I should take a look at meteorology. So hmm. when I finally got back to Johnson city, Tennessee, I contacted two of the chief meteorologists and one wrote me back, and his name is Mark Reynolds from WJHL, and he said, come on into the studio, and so he brought me in one day, and I had no idea what I was getting into. I thought maybe I could be like a behind-the-scenes graphic maker or something, not really sure, and he said, no. He said, there are, there are none of those. There's no jobs in that. He said, <laughs> you can be on air. You have the voice for it. I think you can do it, and I just kind of so I was 25. I was 25 at the time. And I'm thinking, Boy. okay, all right, what do I do? And he <laughs> showed me the Mississippi State program. I tried to go to UNC Asheville, but they wanted me to retake a bunch of basics. And when you're 25, I was like, no. Screw uh, that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm not taking <laughs> basics, you know, over again that I've already taken. Because I had finished a two-year degree and, you know, nothing. So I, you know, had all the, the foundations there. And I went back to Mississippi State and um, had to beg for an internship because they didn't do weather internships at the station. So I was still traveling, begging for an internship and taking classes um, for about, ended up being about two and a half years until I graduated. And I got my internship finally. So I was in the TV studio and Mark worked with me as much as I could. Hey, um, Aubrey, was that on campus, yeah. Mississippi State? Did you go to classes no, on campus was, or through your correspondence? Okay. Yeah, it was cool. distance. Yep. I was living in Johnson City, Tennessee. I lived there for about seven years because um, I'm originally from Connecticut. So I was living in Johnson City and I was still able to do a lot of openings. I did I did Banff Canada actually while I was in school. So I took took my books with me and worked a lot ahead of time and was still able to go out and party party at night. <laughs> so did he give you an internship then? That's a lot to do. Uh, yeah. WJHL did give me, I ended up having a summer internship and I, you know, worked uh, Monday and Tuesdays were pretty much my days off. So because I, I you know, I was bartending. Um, so I was a bartender when I was home. And then I was a corporate trainer when I was traveling. So I, you know, bartend Wednesday through Sunday and work at the TV station on Monday and Tuesdays. I thought the the weather station had a bar because I'm like, that's the coolest place I would work. <laughs> I wish if I could put one in, I would. <laughs> I think everybody would get along much better at work if we drank. <laughs> oh so if we just gosh. had a couple of 
class back here. It, it would, in it the would, morning, we should do mimosas. At night, we could do something different. So, that, so that's, no, that's how you, we all get along better. So that's how you got in. That's how you got into TV meteorology. Yeah, it was. It was Mark. It was Mark Reynolds. Just I don't know if he was just trying to convince another person to, to get into weather or what it was, or if he just. I mean, I literally had a brief conversation with him. It's not like we spent four hours together, and he was like, "Yeah, I think you could do it." Mm-hmm. I mean, we probably spent twenty minutes talking, and he, you know kind of showed me the program and stuff. So I, you know, and I ended up getting an internship with him and he was wonderful to work for and learn from. And, and I give so much credit to him for just, you know, eventually seeing that potential and this girl who had no idea what she wanted to do. And I was ultimately looking for a job that was not nine to five, that was not sitting at a desk and that I had, you know, could just be up and down with that every day was different. Bingo. Because that's what my day was as a bartender. Every day was different, even on, you know, routine days. So I am so fortunate and so blessed that not only did I find this field, but I found a great place. I found a great, this is my first job. This is my first TV job. This is my first station. Um, This is only my second interview, actually, um, when I got this job. And although it took me a year, it's not like, oh, I have a job. It took me a year uh, to get to get this job, but I feel so lucky to to be where I am. And I just made chief just a couple of weeks ago. And congratulations, um, wow. it's, it's yeah. so, lady chief! I gotta say, I it, know. Lady chief. Sorry, I, I know, and there's so few there's so few females in the field, yeah. let alone female that. chiefs. Right. So what what is the because I, I think. I, I would question, obviously, what the ratios are of, of men to women in TV meteorology, but it would seem like from a standpoint of just generally, um, it's not too far skewed, but certainly probably the chief meteorologist is very skewed, but maybe speak to that a little bit. Um, what's going on? Why are there so few women chiefs uh, or, is, or are, the ratio, are the numbers getting better? Are there improvements there? You know, I think I think the numbers as far as women in the field are getting better. You know, I, I would say on average, you, you got to think there's probably one female meteorologist per TV station. You have 210 stations across the country, you know, just that just local stations. Um, you know, there are some who have two. We have two here, but there are some who have none. Um, so I think on average, it's about one female every every local station and I think those numbers are growing but I also think that you know when I when I wrote my I wrote a blog post that I, I don't blog very often but I I wanted to, to say a few things when I actually um, got that promotion and just remind the viewers about my story and how I got here and that you know it's okay if you're 17 graduating high school and you have no idea what you want to do that's okay and this life experience that I got working for Chili's and training, was ultimately 90% of the foundation that I needed to be in this business. So I think as far as chiefs are concerned, I think that number will probably change in the next couple of decades. You got to think chief, you know, since the seventies, you know, a lot of these guys, some of them, you know, were just a sports guy or an anchor or a reporter who got put into meteorology and weather. And some of them just kind of learned on the way. Some of them ended up going back to school. So I think, um, you know, it's kind of the old stigma, the the weatherman. 
And mm-hmm. I think at, over time, <laughs> over the next 10 years or so, a lot more of those guys will be retiring and stuff and, and you'll have kind of a new growth in the field. Yeah, Aubrey, uh, along those lines, um, so I'm looking to get into TV meteorology, um, but I look at the future and and I kind of get almost scared sometimes because, I mean, my generation, it, I've been asking around it's, and I can't find someone that says they watch the local news on a regular basis. So like maybe speak, I don't know um, what the demographics are like in, you know, your station, but maybe speak to like, What's the future like? And, you know, is, is, is it going to be in 10 years, you know, am, am I going to be able to find a job in the TV industry? And because I know there's a lot of meteorologists coming that, that are, that are asking those questions. And there's always well, chilies. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I can always chill. go back to bartending. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm very popular uh, among men ages 40 to 65 in our area. So I will say that that's probably my key demographic, but I'm also very popular with women in the area. And I, I get excited when a younger person recognizes me. So, um, <laughs> it's, you know, but I think, you know, and I don't know where the industry is going to go. I don't know how long I'll be in TV. And, and I kind of say that with, obviously the industry is changing. I don't know if I'm going to be here another five years or maybe 10 years, you know, or, maybe longer. Who knows? I, you know, I'd like to kind of see how things play out over the next few years, but I can't remember who told me this or where I picked this up, but someone said, when you go into TV, have a backup plan. And I think mm-hmm. that is the Save smartest advice. You have Save to have a backup plan because okay. I mean, even my husband, he, he was a sports anchor and he unfortunately got into a bad car accident and couldn't, you know, really, really do the, the, the routine of sports anymore, the, the, the pace. Um, and he had a backup plan. So he was very lucky. That's an odd situation, but, um, you know, or some of these guys who've been in the business for 30 years and all of a sudden they get replaced by someone fresh out of college because they're cheaper. So they'll do whatever they're told. Exactly. So I think you have to have any sort of backup plan. If you want to go into teaching, if you want to go into, you know, maybe um, operational, maybe private forecasting or emergency management. I think anyone going into TV, even if you're a a broadcaster, if you're a reporter, I think you should have a backup plan. I see a lot of reporters come in and out and they might leave the business after a couple of years because they decide it's just not for them. So I encourage anyone who thinks they want to get into TV that wants to go into broadcasting, do it. It is not for everyone. You may change your mind, but have a backup plan. And you got to roll with the punches. You know, Maz, as, you, as Maz, you can relate change. to that, right? Yeah, I remember I worked with a guy in Philadelphia who'd been like fired five different times. And, uh, you know, you got to pick up and be, be ready to move. And if you've got a family, yeah. that's a that was the reason why I left. You know, it's that's like what I just want to stay. In, yeah. That's what I've seen in my career. I used to go out and train for WSI before I went to the Weather Channel. And I, you know, you'd see somebody 20 years, they're like a staple of that community. And then a news director comes in and says, I want somebody younger or different. I don't like you. And, um, but Brady, the one thing is, um, you know, now that I have switched from TV to digital, you can still do on camera and be in the digital world. And that's where I think things are really growing. You know, like you could still do it online and TV. Um, People watch I think we do very well, like on the phone. People watch everything on the phone now. Yep. Yep. 
All right. So yeah. I've, I've got um, I got one quick question before we get into our lightning round, because, Aubrey, I know you you got a show uh, to do here eventually. But yeah, you, were talking, it without me. You, <laughs> you were talking yeah, a little bit so, about it's sunny, sunny, it's 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 partly cloudy. That's all. <laughs> yeah. You guys just read the graphic. <laughs> so, you were, Aubrey, you were talking earlier about how the, the industry, the, the TV meteorology industry, seems like it's a bunch of old guys um, maybe now working their way out or, or starting to get out of the industry. <laughs> well, so here, here's the segue to my question. So how, how did you become involved with the weather brains and all those old guys? Uh, how, how did they invite you into their cigar humidor? Uh, so I, a viewer, a local viewer um, who listened to the podcast or someone who followed me on Facebook uh, sent in a guest suggestion to Bill Murray and Bill reached out to me and I'm thinking, why do these guys, these, all these experienced meteorologists want to talk to me? I'm still learning. I'm still trying to, you know, get things together and learn as much as I can. And he said, no, we want to hear your story. So I went on the show, told them my story, had a great time, talked a lot of weather, talked about backgrounds. And um, he emailed me a, a couple of weeks later. We just kind of kept in touch. And then uh, Kevin, I guess, sometimes pops in and out of the show. And Kevin decided to, to leave the show temporarily to take a little hiatus. And Bill asked if I would join as a permanent panelist. They said they enjoyed my conversation, I guess. So I've been with them for I think almost two years now as a as a panelist. Wow. 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 Dina, that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. exactly kind of how, how we got Dina on board. All right. Any they other quick questions? On there. We yeah. do. Uh, we need one. We need more than one. But uh, <laughs> anybody have any other quick questions for Aubrey? Yes, Aubrey. So I got to know. Um, so I've been All looking. Right. I'm a big fan of chilies. Love chilies. Okay. <laughs> but baby back, baby back. But I want some baby back, what baby back. Is your favorite? Yes, baby back ribs. Love them. What's what's your favorite entree? What would you recommend for a newbie to chilies like me? Well, you're taking time I, to honest, ask that question. Honestly, I Absolutely. always I always like the fajitas. Um, okay. As much as I hated I to go it. home smelling <laughs> like a fajita every night, I like the, I like the fajitas. And in fact, I actually just made their queso um, at home Ooh. the other night. Oh, when my parents were in, so. Wait, you have the wait, you have the recipe because I've had their queso and I I love it. It doesn't taste identical because it's actually a little bit more fresh, but it's actually how we used to make it back in the old days when we would run out. Okay. So, okay. um, but yes, I have you sending me an email. I will send you the instructions. Ooh, there you go. Yes, <laughs> please put me on that go. one. Brady gets another email. Address. And and then of course yes. the margaritas. My parents love okay. when I oh. make the margaritas. Oh, party it! Oh, All right, well let's yes. Let's uh, let's go ahead and jump to lightning round. Let's get to our lightning round. Uh, so tonight we are going to play our version of Password, the game show Password. So we're doing this Stormfront Freak style. Uh, but what Damn. we need to do is we need we need two teams. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to do a little battle of the sexes here. Uh, and I'm going to have Aubrey Woo-hoo. and Dina yeah. are, are going to be one team. And then I'm going to put Maz and Brady. I'm going to have All you right. guys be on the Yeah, baby. Yeah. You're going down. So Aubrey is always going to have to be the one to guess. Course. But okay. Brady and Maz, one of you guys can decide who's going to be the the guesser, and who will be the hinter. I guess I could be the guesser. All right. Okay. 
So here's so we're gonna so. give the first password. I need Aubrey and I need Brady to turn around, and I'll tell you when you can look back to the screen. Turn around. No cheating, Brady. Turn around, Brady. Hey, yeah, no looking right. We're good. We're good. It's hard. Uh, <laughs> here is the password. You guys got that? Okay. Yeah. All right. You guys can look. Uh, and we are gonna start. We're gonna start, Mark, with you. You uh, you have five seconds to give a, a hint. And Brady, you got to answer. You got to give your best one-word answer. And you have a one-word right. hint, Maz. One-word hint. Fine. Cheers. Beer. No. Nope. All right, oh, Dina. What? Dina. Drinks. Ice. No. Maz. Server. Bartender. All right, good job. So guys, guys are up. All right. Um, why don't Brady and Maz you switch roles? So Maz, you turn away. Aubrey, I'm gonna have turn you turn around, away Maz. again. Okay. Okay. All right. Did I mention um, I'm terrible at games like this? <laughs> here is the second password. Oh what? Okay. Oh my Got gosh. It. What the Got heck? It. All right, you guys can turn back and <laughs> we will start. We'll start with the women. Dina, go ahead. Um, Georgia. What was that? Yeah, what it's was that word? Georgia. It's Georgia. Peach. No. No. Brady. That one was hard. Brady. Hint. Frog. Bull. Not oh! quite. Not quite. Not quite. Dina. Uh. Bark. Dog? Not quite. Uh, Brady. Oh. Combination. Bulldogs. I'll never live it down. You have to understand, yeah, this was when I thought you maybe went to Mississippi State and, and might be like, like a bulldog. Bulldogs, yeah. But I have a show. Mississippi. We got time. We're going to do one more. We're going right. to do one more. Okay. So um, uh, Brady, look away. Aubrey, look away. And here is the last password. Okay. Okay. All right. You guys can look. Uh, we'll start with the ladies again. Dina. Um, fire. Pit. No. Maz. Meteorologist. What? <laughs> no. No Dina. scary eyes. Wait, 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 that wasn't my guess. No, you no, no, no. There's a time oh, limit. Okay. Dina. Dina. You. You. Chief? Yes. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank God we got one. Yay, I got one. Ladies got one, guys got two. We'll we'll count the guys as winners. But Aubrey, great job. Thanks for playing along.
Yay! Yeah. Thanks for having Yay. me. Yeah, cool. Tell us, uh, quick, tell us and our listeners, uh, best way to follow you or, or to reach you as far as email, Twitter, or all that good stuff. I'm on both Facebook and Twitter. I do not participate in the Snapchat or the Instagram or anything mm-hmm. like that. So Thank goodness. Uh, I keep it, sim- Thank I goodness. Keep it simple. I, ca- I got too much to keep up right. with. So. It's a lot. Uh, on Twitter, I am at WHSVOBS. Everyone calls me OBS. So, and if you search on Facebook for meteorologist Aubrey, I'm pretty sure I'm the only meteorologist named Aubrey out there from what I can find because my last name can be a little confusing to spell. So meteorologist Aubrey will work. All right. So we all did the thing at the beer place. When we do wine, like weather wine, are you going to show up to that one? Yes, and I will take you, if you come to Virginia, I will take you all across the area to because there are some amazing, Virginia is going to be the next California in wine, and Ooh. there are some nice. amazing wineries. Now, you guys were talking about beer. I was actually in Oklahoma City for the first time a couple months ago for a wedding. Well, the wedding was in Wichita, but I drove to Oklahoma City, and we were at the airport, and I saw this beer behind the, the counter, and it said F5. Yep. Really? Oh, oh, wow. oh, I have to try that. It was an IPA, which I don't typically drink, but oh, toppy. Huh. Yeah, I actually I, I invited them to the show, and um, I can't remember. Didn't get a response or whatever. But um, they're too extreme. It, it, the wind speed. <laughs> I, I, had, I was sitting at the bar. Mike Morgan windy. was on the TV, and I was thirsty. And I thought, well, I'll get an F five. Uh, <laughs> you got it. So yeah, you're going bold if you're not a huge beer fan. You're going bold with an IPA. I just, I'm on TV. Oh. I can't drink beer anymore. Because <laughs> no. so you're on TV. Heavy. What kind of excuse? I, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Too I, many my carbs. Too many carbs. Too many carbs. Yeah. There's actually a lot of great cideries around here. So even though it's a little sugary, it's not as carby. So I'll I'll drink some ciders. But yeah, the wine, the Virginia wine. All right. Gotta try it. Good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Well. Aubrey, thanks thanks for uh, joining us today. Um, Absolutely. Now we're going to go into yeah, break. Great. Now we're going to go into break, guys. Uh, let's take a look at some Storm School. This is Storm School, where together we'll take an in-depth look into certain weather phenomenon, why they happen, where they happen, what causes them, some topics we'll cover with things you might have never heard before or things you've heard a lot. Welcome to Storm School. Class is in session. Hello once again, guys, to this week's episode of Storm School. I'm Brady. Today we're going to be talking about some common lightning myths and misconceptions, which is right on point. It's going to transition well into our next piece about some lightning awareness that needs to take place. Um, But for now, let's stick on topic Our first myth is heat lightning. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have heard a lot about heat lightning. Um, It frankly makes me mad because um, when people refer to heat lightning, they see a flash in the sky like, oh, that's heat lightning. That's, you know, that's just a random flash. It doesn't have anything to do with lightning or thunderstorms in general. That's not true. I'm going to disprove that right now. Um, So all heat lightning is, is lightning that's far away in a thunderstorm. And you might say, well... I sometimes see a flash in the sky and there's no clouds around, there's no thunderstorms. Well, at night, light appears to travel a lot further because there's not, the sun's not out and there's not all these other sources of light that, you know, make it harder to see that lightning during the day. But in fact, 
Lightning can travel great distances at night, or light can travel great distances at night. So that flash you see in the sky is actually a lightning strike, you know, hundreds of miles possibly um, far away from your location. So in the summer, heat lightning is lightning that's just very far away. So our second myth that we're going to take a look at is that metal attracts lightning. You've oftentimes, if you've ever played baseball, you've been outside during a thunderstorm, people are like, oh, I'll grab my metal bat and I'll go out and I'll get struck by lightning. Metal doesn't actually attract lightning. It is the only thing that makes you more likely to get struck by lightning by holding a bat in the air is the fact that it's higher up. Higher up surfaces like buildings and um, anything that sticks up high in the air, trees, anything like that, that is what attracts lightning. That's what makes it easier because a lightning strike is looking for the path of least resistance to the ground. And that means the least distance. So the, the less the lightning bolt has to travel, the more likely it is to happen. So once again, lightning and metal don't necessarily attract. Now, once lightning hits metal, it travels through it because it's a conductor. But it doesn't attract it like you would think. It virtually makes zero difference. Now, our third myth we're going to take a look at is how far, you know, this is kind of um, not necessarily one single myth, but it's how far you have to be away from a lightning strike. Now, I want to point to a study that recently just happened. They discovered um, a lightning strike that traveled over 199 miles. It was it occurred in Oklahoma. Um, it, was, it probably was on your local news station or some sort of news outlet you can look up. Um, I'll post an article or something like that on my Twitter. But the lightning strike traveled over 200 miles. So the conventional wisdom is you have to be, um, if you can hear thunder, when thunder roars, go indoors. Um, and that's generally safe. So if you're within 10, that's basically with, if you're within 10 miles of a thunderstorm, you can be struck by lightning. And obviously that 200 mile long lightning strike isn't what usually happens. That was a one in a million chance, but that just proves that can still happen. So if you hear thunder at all during a lightning storm, get inside, doesn't matter what you're doing. Um, and also under a tree isn't safe. That's another myth that everyone thinks, oh, I'm under a tree, so I'm safe. That's actually the second leading cause of fatalities are people that think they're safe under trees and they get struck by lightning. Um, and if you get struck by lightning, it, you, you know, odds are that, that you won't survive. So get inside, get away from any windows because just because you're inside, it doesn't mean you're safe as well. Lightning, if it hits, strikes your house, it can travel through electrical devices and can travel through water. So don't be in the shower during it. Um, you know, in general, the, what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make is don't underestimate lightning because it can strike the same place twice. Um, it, it can strike you under a tree. Um, and if, if you hear thunder, you know, when thunder roars, go indoors. I know that's a little corny, but it, it's a great phrase. Um, to keep you guys safe because that's ultimately what matters and what counts so i'm glad i hope you enjoyed this week's episode of storm school hopefully i dispelled some myths for you and uh, let's get back to the podcast all right welcome back you know hey i heard a song today uh those of you that are old enough to remember the old show welcome back cotter Oh, welcome yeah. back, welcome, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Is that pre-1994? Yeah, Brady, you're not gonna, you're not gonna remember that. <laughs> Go ahead, Horseshack. Yeah, what was that? What was that guy that kept raising? Yeah, Yeah, Hey, Mr. Oh, yeah. And Johnny, Tra- John Travolta was that was his uh, breakout 
up your nose with a rubber hose. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, so if you haven't realized, we are back. Uh, we're going to start fighting a little bit about lightning. Obviously, um, just to, to bring up some stats, we've got a number of lightning deaths in the U.S. so far for 2016 is now at 35. Ouch. And the average annual number in the last 10 years is 31. So we're already above average. And I'll tell you that number, that 31 number, is skewed a little bit because in 2007, uh, there were 45 deaths. So really, the, the averages mm. have, have normally been in the 20s. So, <laughs> so they're a little bit higher. So the National Weather Service, they also have an annual awareness week. Um, and they've got, they've got safety information online. The, the question is you know, with these numbers, are, are they doing enough? What's, what's the media's responsibility? What else can be done? Why are we losing so many people to something that is as simple as, hey, there's a storm coming or I hear thunder, right? Uh, what's, what's the saying they thunder have? Thunder roars uh, go indoors. Yeah, right? Yeah. With something yeah. as simple as that, why are yeah. we losing more people this year to lightning than we even are to tornadoes? Well, I'm, can I chime here um because this is something you know i'm i have have an experience with lightning but i'm not gonna tell you about that right now but um actually actually a couple of them but um but because i'm because i'm what you've been struck twice no almost literally almost but um the uh so I'm, i'm 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 sensitive to it and i think i don't know why people who are should be old enough right to understand um to understand that, why they don't uh, take cover, why they don't understand the, the threats that are there. But, and, but maybe it goes back a long ways. It, it, part of it is modeling. I think it's, it's partly modeling because I worked or not worked, but I volunteer coached for like uh, T-ball and things like that for, for many years when my kids were, were playing it. And I would, I would hear thunder and I would say, we got to go. And there'd be people that would go, ah, let them play, you know, mm-hmm. just do it crying out loud and none of the other teams are going in and all those kinds of things. And I'd say, no folks, <laughs> there's, there's yeah. a danger here. We need, we need, yeah. we need to stop. We need to go in. And I was the only one, I was the lone voice uh, ever in those situations. And I think that happens a lot. And I wonder if that modeling doesn't just carry forward. So Better I'll throw, season, I'll, sorry. Yeah, I'll Better just throw season, that out. Sorry. That's what I see. But you well, know I, what too, uh, sorry, there's, you get hit indirectly so many different ways you don't have to be hit directly by a lightning bolt you could be near something you could have your hand on a fence we did one thing it was uh i did this research one time i talked to dr forbes and he had helped me um how people can get struck like in a pool when lightning might hit a say like a power pole or something farther away because it goes through the pole underground through right. like the cabling and stuff and then like into a pool. So it, you don't right. have to get hit directly to be. And nowadays you've got, you know, there's so many people who work outside, mm-hmm. whether it's construction or working, you know, on, on a tarmac or something. And they're kind of forced to stay outside even when they want to come in. Right. Not, I'll tell you this guys, none of the 35 deaths so far this year uh, appear that they happen in water. Some happen near water, like on a mm. beach. Okay. Um, yeah. But I'm ju- just going down the line in a tent, grassy field, near a tree, outside a barn, construction site, farm, beach, yard, parking lot, uh, under a tree, outside mm-hmm. a building, along a roadway, putting on rain gear, near a mountain, uh, cemetery. 
outside their yeah. home again oh uh, <laughs> under a tree a lake i guess here lake at a state park swimming so there's one okay. there's one yeah. um That's shocking but but a lot i mean <laughs> most of them were, were outside and i'll share this stat with you guys so of of the lightning deaths so far uh this year and, and this is pretty standard across the row 77 percent of them are male 23 percent are yeah. female and the, the highest age group recognized is 29 percent age 20 to 29 and mm-hmm. it's twice as much as any other uh 30s 40s 50s teens any other age category uh so it's 20s males in invent invincible yeah, and plus really, think about them. They're the ones that. outside too. Like if they're right. working outside, they're the ones more doing those outdoor jobs more than women. And then yeah, we and just think, we just know better. We go inside. We don't want to get yeah, our hair wet. Smarter. The women are smarter. That's probably <laughs> I think, that's what I you're think saying. another that's problem too. I think another problem too is um, first of all, there's a lot of myths about lightning actually, which I mm-hmm. kind of talk about in Storm School today. You know, there was a lightning strike that struck. Um, it was they just went into it. They just went in an article. It struck. 199 yes. miles away yes. from the storm record mm, wow. you know, record stuff um in oklahoma but i think people um don't necessarily understand the risks and also i don't know anyone that's instructed lightning i don't know of anyone like in my state i'm sure someone has but i, I couldn't name a name so people in their minds are like it's not going to happen to me you have a better chance of winning the lottery you yeah, know I, i'm going to go outside and it, and, and it's and while that may be true, if you're just standing inside, if you're standing outside, your chances of getting hit by lightning go up dramatically during a thunderstorm. So people don't understand that right. their chances aren't actually that high. And and so it, it causes a lot of confusion and people, you know, how many times you've been walking out in the rain, you know, and you haven't got struck by lightning ever. So it, it kind of sneaks up on people in that way. I think a I quick, need one person. Quick, I need I need oh, to sorry. do a quick fact check on on Brady. That um, 200 mile lightning bolt. Yeah. That did that didn't happen 200 miles away from the storm. It still yeah. happened within the storm itself. Yeah. It was just it was a line. Yeah. It was like a squall. It was a big line of storms in Oklahoma. But that lightning yeah. bolt. The thing you have right is it traveled. Two. Yeah. It's a 200 mile Jeez. lightning bolt. So it yeah. still happened within yeah. the storm. So don't think that yeah. hey, if the storm's 200 miles away from me, I could still have a chance of getting hit. But it's just telling yeah, no, you no. that hey, if you're anywhere you know under that storm, that lightning bolt could have happened 200 miles away and could still reach you. Still get you, yeah. Right. I have I have seen. I think it was 50 miles though out of a storm it was the one of the farthest lightning bolts that I can remember. It was like 50 yeah. miles. I, I'm you know that 60 but i think you're yeah, right maybe 50 or 60, 50 or 60. Miles, right? <laughs> and granted like those cases are very very you know i don't think we should start evacuating sure. places <laughs> when the storms are 60 miles away because that's you know very low end probabilities but at the same time you know people just don't understand weather and there there needs to be a lot more education and and people you know People just need to understand that when, when you're within 10 miles of a thunderstorm, mm-hmm. you can be struck by lightning. And that's, if that's you're fact. outside, you should well, get and, chilies and stay in there. Get chilies, that's right. <laughs> well, hey, guys, the, the National Weather Service site. So one of the things I wanted to look up is, is are, we, are we treating this like a tornado warning? Are we treating this 
like like a flash flood to where hey this this can take lives what we're warning right now so i looked on the national weather service site and it did say uh quote one important thing about lightning it does not constitute a severe thunderstorm as stated right. above every thunderstorm has lightning so just because a thunderstorm has lightning doesn't require them to issue right a thunderstorm warning okay right. the thunderstorm warning is a result of wind levels and hail yes um not lightning and so you know i wonder number one if when people hear thunderstorm warning thinking okay it's not tornado so it's just going to be you know a storm i i I don't know if they're thinking hey there's could be lightning associated with this as well Maybe it's the name thunder. Do, do we need to change it to lightning storm warning or <laughs> you know something like that to get people's attention? Because obviously that's not working. And I don't know. We need something to get people's attention because they're yeah. I think so desensitized now. Like until you say like tornado or you say yeah. something like the big words, the big keywords, yep. people are like, hey, meh. Yeah. Right. I, I, I think I and I agree. I think if, if it's not tornado, I don't think flash flood really mm-hmm. catches people. I and you know, and I don't think thunderstorm warning catches. I don't think those names now catch people for whatever social science reason that is. That whole extreme, right? Everything yeah. has to be extreme. I mean that's what we do in everything else. Right. Yeah. So it, um I think it's hard too because I think a big reason why they don't have lightning in the criteria is because you would have pretty much every storm down right. in Florida, you'd have a warning <laughs> every true. day. And that would, that almost would counteract what you're trying to do because then people are like, Oh, this is nothing. You know, these storms right. Are, right. are nothing. So it's, it's a very tricky problem. And, and I think, you know, part of the answer is, um, you know, dispelling some of these myths about lightning. And I think we're also kind of, tied you know we have our hands tied behind our back because there's only so much we can tell people but if they're not going to act on it and if we te- we say hey it's dangerous outside and they say whatever what can we do you know but just so you do? know florida is the most represented state of all the uh this year of all the u.s lightning deaths wow yeah, um, yeah. florida has the most it's close but but they uh, i'm looking it looks like five or six uh, are from Florida, so obviously they're not all getting the message necessarily either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the other study I'll share with you guys. Uh, NOAA, National Weather Service, and NOAA did did a study. Uh, this was released January of this year uh, of sixteen. It was a detailed analysis of lightning deaths in the U.S. from 2006 to 2015. And it said uh, males, again, males accounted for 79% of all fatalities um, came from the men, which is is not a surprise. But here's what might be a surprise. So not a surprise it's outdoors. But what what (laughs) kind of activity, what was the largest represented outdoor activity represented by lightning deaths? You'd have to guess golf, but I'm not sure that. (laughs) Uh, And I think that that would be the one that everyone would pick, but that is not it. Um, they said during this 10 year period, fishermen, ac- fishermen, more than four times as many fatalities as golfers, wow. uh, wow. while camping and boating accounted for almost twice as many deaths as golf did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So it's the outdoor, which again would account more for why there's more men, obviously right. being associated yeah. with that. But it's fishing and boating and camping. So is that an issue because maybe they don't have time to seek shelter fast enough? They're not getting the warnings. They're just looking at the sky. Or uh, when you're, or or when you're boating, you're in water, and when you're camping, yeah. you're under a lot of trees. So yeah. you know. right. I well, think well, I think in areas I think in areas that especially in Florida and they, you know, some offices may already do this. I'm not sure, but I think, you know, when they're preparing a forecast for the day for that area, they should put in some statement or some special statement saying there's an elevated risk for lightning today or, or something to tell people it's not, you know, it's, you know, it's not just a thunderstorm logo and they're like, Oh, it's 30%. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, I think, I think that could be, you know, something you add to a forecast saying, Hey, there could be some lightning today, potentially dangerous. If you're going to be out on a boat, you're going to be out camping. Um, you know, you, you may want to move your plans or something like that. Um, so that, I mean, that could be a possible solution, but once again, it's, it's what people, you know, and, do I, and I will say the good news is do, I think yeah. from a sports standpoint, I think it's getting better. Um, at least at the higher levels, you know, I know at, at, at pro sports, collegiate level and high school right. level, at least uh, this oh, football season, I've yeah. already been involved in um, one college football sport and one high school uh, football game that was delayed 30 minutes because lightning was within eight miles sure. of, the, of the location. So there's some good things there going on. Yeah, because wasn't the Buckeyes all- game delayed by an hour and a half? Yeah. And then I missed it. I put Although- it on DVR. <laughs> Yeah, what was funny about that, not this week's delay, but the last week's delay that we had, there was a storm that rolled through and the storm was right overhead and, and there was no lightning, but um, in an environment like that, lightning could have happened at any time and they didn't yeah. delay it. So there still is a lot of room to grow yeah. because just because lightning, you know, the storm is right over top. So if there's going to be lightning, it's going to be in that storm. Right. So I do think still... There's a lot, a lot of education yeah. that needs to happen. Because well, if you're stuck outside and, you know, you do hear thunder, if you're out somewhere, like, yeah, we, you're, you're stuck in the water. But say you're out camping, what are you going to do? You'll, you know, like, where are you going to go? Unless you can actually get a to a vehicle or in a building. But if you're out of there, like, you know, if the guy's out on the pier fishing, he may not be able to get back in time. I'll give you a hint. Don't sit in a screen tent holding on to metal poles <laughs> in a puddle of water. Oh yeah, so, so this, this is obviously one of the stories I'm sure M- MJ was going to talk about. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're the morons in these studies because uh, I, will, I will throw myself, obviously, in that mix. We, one, one of the stories I know Mark has, and he's, he's probably MJ's got another one. But So we were up in how, – how many years ago was that? Oh, got to be 10 or 12, yeah. 12. So we're up on a fishing trip. <laughs> so we're, we're already putting ourselves at risk because we're in the highest category, right? And, and we're men in that Just about in that, in that category. Range. Even higher category, yeah. yeah. So we're on a fishing trip, and, and this was up on the Minnesota-Canada border, up near International Falls. Yeah, Voyages National Park, yep. Yeah. And so we were actually, we're leaving. We're, we're, this is like a week-long fishing trip, and, and we're leaving uh, to head home. And we're loading up because were we getting ready? Were we trying to get out of there before the storms kind of came? Yes, we, yes, we were. 
Okay. We were trying to get ahead. So of this, this was the first one anyway, or this was one of them, right? So we were trying to get out and we're loading everybody's boat up because we have to boat out to then boat all of our gear, all of our tents, all of our oh, camping geez. stuff. We had to load About up all our seven boats. miles out. Yeah. Yep. And so this was a good 20 minute mm. trip probably uh, to get out. And so we're booking out of there. We're like, we got to beat the storm. Well, we're heading what south for the most part. Mostly. Yep. Mostly. And we hit the storm and I don't remember what lake we happened to be in at the time. Cause it's a chain of lakes. Yeah. But it was, I mean, the it was right above us. We're like it was just booking. electric, just electric. Wow. Yeah, just and electric. We're, we got, we're, we're like here. Here's at least in our boat. This is what we were thinking, right? Because it's like raining like mad, and it's in our face because we're oh, cruising on the boat. We're like, you know what? We better put our fishing poles down because that <laughs> might attract. <laughs> like, like oh, maybe my. by doing that, we'd be safe. Oh. <laughs> and in hindsight, we're like, we were just flipping stupid that was just wow. ridiculous. just ridiculous. Yeah, i mean just crazy but at the time we're just like uh just get us out of here bad weather let's just bust there was fear involved wasn't there no actually i'll say there wasn't while you're boating and then what about the other day mj what what was the uh, the screen tent tell that story well that was also also on one on the fishing trip right and uh we were were, were you on that one i was i felt that you one. were Yes, yeah, I was going to say, I think you were one of them that did when I mentioned the screen tent and everything. So we're up up at the lake and, and, and we were doing the smart thing this time. We were, you know, oh, there's a storm coming, get off the get off the lake, right? So we camp on an island and this island is is has a big bluff that sits up and, and you had we had a screen tent set up that overlooks Canada, essentially, um, and, and the lake. And we could see the storm coming and we're watching it and we're all put getting our you know, chairs and sitting in the screen tent and some people are standing and there's just, it's pouring rain. So there's puddles of water all over the place. And we watched this storm roll in and we watched lightning hit the island, you know, just across from us, just a, a ways away. And ooh, everybody's all excited and everything. And then there's another, you know, bolt of lightning and everybody kind of goes, ooh, that one was kind of close. And, you know, you're counting one, two, wham, here it comes. Oh, that one's really close. And then there's this flash. And, you know, we, you got to whoa before the wow. thunder and or not even to that. And it was just and everybody was quiet. And, and it just was like this. All of a sudden there's silence and we're all kind of looking at each other. And go so, ahead, Phil. So here I am. So like so, yeah, we're like getting all excited because what else are you going to do when you're camping on a flipping island? Right. You know, in the middle of Minnesota and Canada. What are you going to do? There's there's really nowhere to go. So we all bundled up screen yep. tent and said, well, let's watch this sucker come in. So I'm standing. There wasn't enough chairs for everybody to sit in our screen tent like, for protection, right? <laughs> I'm standing, and, and I had a pair of flip flops on, and I'm standing at this point in a puddle of water. Right. And that and that hit somewhere. It hit somewhere on the island. It hit I, the island. I don't yeah. know if you've ever um, if you've ever touched while you're plugging in a cord into an outlet, and you accidentally touch it, and you feel that surge go through mm-hmm. you. Or you touch, uh, like you're on a farm and you touch an electric fence. That went up my legs. <gasps> yep. And I was like, no lightning victim. Lightning victim. Oh, my God. No way. Yeah. yeah. So and, it's that kind of stupid yeah. stuff. And, and Phil or somebody been, said, Phil or somebody said, did anybody feel that? And the people who were standing felt it. Those of us wow. that were sitting did not. So. Well, here's yeah. the deal. I think, I think, you know, when you look at it, there could, you know, I think a, a solution could be to add maybe a lightning warning, maybe 
that you can get an alert on your phone when it's not a severe thunderstorm warning. Mm-hmm. Um, because people, you know, if there's no thunderstorm warning, they're not going to look at their phones. They're not going to look at the radar. They might see some dark clouds. They might look at the radar, but there's no guarantee. So I think, you know, possibly well, look, adding, I don't know. Oh, well, how about this, guys? Maybe do you, to the tent. Do you, yeah. <laughs> Do you do you think that do you think the promotion of weather radios do you think that's been decent okay not so good could be better what I don't do you think? think there's a lot of people with ra- weather radios bad, you know. like I mean I have one but I mean I we all use our phone now for alerts true right. so what what about lightning detectors yeah okay AM, I, AM radio yeah, true. AM radio. yeah you're right because yeah, I, I I pulled up some stuff on just a review of lightning detection equipment. And these things are down to, it says lightning detectors uh, vary in complexity and cost, but can be in, in, as inexpensive as 20 to $30, um, like a portable weather radio. Uh, and I thought, well, if they're getting to be that inexpensive, should, right. should we be better promoting those? Like, I think they have done a decent job decent of promoting weather radios and making those available in in the Walmarts and your local, uh, you know, hardware stores and everything else. Should we be doing those with some, some very inexpensive lightning detectors so we can at least equip people with something that can tell them, because if all this stuff is happening outdoors, something as simple as that might be needed, but, but I'll share this because one of the other things they said is a good lightning detector, hearing thunder, is just, <laughs> is just about as good. Yeah. When it roars, go indoors. Exactly. Done and complexity level simple. So, you know, right. there is a good point about that too. But I, I would, you know, golf, golf courses have done a pretty good job. A lot of them have lightning detectors. And maybe that's why golf isn't the number one area where people are killed by lightning anymore because they get them off the course, liability, whatever else. Um, but if we're going to do something with the lightning detectors or make an emphasis on it, I'll go back to my original statement. I'd love to see them make that emphasis in youth activities, because I think then you get an education component to it, too. You're teaching the kids to respect it, um, and maybe they respect it more as they become adults. You True. Know, and, Create and a culture. There. I'm, yeah. You know, that's just yeah. that's the educator well, in me talking. You, probably, said, you said you were a ref before, and I will tell you, I was at a game where they, uh, my kids play and there, it was a location where there are six baseball diamonds all like crammed together. And I will tell you, as I was, you know, I was looking at the sky getting dark. So of course I checked radar on my phone and I'm like, Oh crap, this thing is coming in. Right. And I saw off in the distance a flash of lightning. And Mm -hmm. I went, I actually went to the ref and I just said, Hey, you've got lightning over there. And he's like, I didn't see it. And I I just whipped out my card and said, listen, I'm a meteorologist. Right. I just oh saw like yeah. you I mean, pulled I had the card. Bam! I always love how to look at you. And go, what do you think you are, a meteorologist? I know. Yes, yes I, I am. am. Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> He's a card-carrying member. Well, I played one on TV at least. <laughs> but, but you know, you, as you're, you're right. I mean, I, I've seen that happen a million, um, not a million times. I've seen that happen lots of times, though, where I'll see a cloud to crown lightning strike, and people are going, "Ah, we can get in one more inning." You know, mm-hmm. no, you can't. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> that's stupid. Well, tell us, uh, we want you guys to tell us what you think. Uh, you can comment by email at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. Uh, we'll share some of our responses on the next show. So let's take a quick break. When we come back, you get to hear 
this episode's uh, nominations for our Weather Fools and WX Resources. You're listening to the Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Got for our weather fools. All right. Well, uh, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the podcast. I know it's mine. The weather fools, where we look at uh, some people that might have done um, not so bright things when it comes to the weather. Phil, let's start uh, start it off with you. Oh, you get to start with me. Well, Brady, this is all about you tonight. Start- uh, all right. Ooh. Bring it. I, I, I actually bring searched it. for this. I didn't find it. it I actually searched for it. And my weather fool is uh, Weather Kitty. It's an app. <laughs> it's an app on i i uh, iPhone, and they probably got something stupid like this for the Android as well. But it's Weather Kitty. Weather Kitty. You know, th- thank God, at least it's free. They don't charge you for something stupid like this. But <laughs> this sounds kind of dirty. Apparently, honestly. have uh, careful. Like, tells you the tells you the temperature and and you know the basic. It's a basic weather app. But they apparently have a picture relating <laughs> to what the weather's like. So if it's cold, oh, there's amazing. probably a cat in a, a scarf or something stupid like that. Oh, it's um, amazing. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Cats in weather kitty. Awesome. Brady's Absolutely. downloading it now. That's all I have oh, to no, say. No, I've about got my that. kitty calendar on my wall. I've got my kitty pictures. No, that would be amazing. That's a genius idea. I can't believe he just I didn't use it to pick up girls. That's all. <laughs> Although they they like the Siberian Huskies though they're that that's more of a chick magnet than cats I'll tell you. There's that. a weather puppy app too, but I, ah. I figured I'd pick on the kitties this time around. Yeah. All right. Anyway, let's go on to Dina. Dina, let's check out uh, your weather. Oh, uh, my weather fools. So Phil, I sent you this one link that I found, and it was just one of many. But one of my biggest pet peeves is people who drive through flooded roads. Mm. You know, and, oh, yeah. oh my God, this is like, you know, there's all kinds of weather where people get hurt. No matter what you do, you can't help it, even if you do the right thing. But this is one of those things that, like, really, what are you thinking? So it takes, what, two feet of water to float your car. So, hey, let's go through this um, flooded roadway where I can't see the lines on the road anymore. So if you think about nice. two feet, that's, that's probably idea. halfway up your mailbox. So the one video I found was great because he's driving through there and it's like almost coming over the hood of the car. And then it, yeah. And you can see it up to the top. Like you can barely like open the mailbox at that point. It's so high. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure you're going to make it in your little car. (laughs) But if you're in a truck, that's a different story. Yeah. Yeah. Four wheel drive. And the thing that bugs me too is like, now that I have kids, I had like twins, you're out. And then you've got two kids that are strapped in that, that are going to drown because you can't get out because you did yeah, something yeah. stupid. Right. Yeah. But um, like I even back, I think it was 09 when Atlanta had their floods. One of the bridges by my house flooded. And I went out there with a camera and I was like, oh, I'm going to. And that was a quick exit by Dina. <laughs> that was a quick exit. She's going, oh, Dina. She's but, but we got we got we got the great, you know, we got the uh, summary. Don't drown. Turn around. Don't drown people. Don't drive into water. I don't care how high it is. If it's a puddle, turn around. Did you just anyway, say don't drown people? Don't drown people. <laughs> yeah, Do not drown too. people. You haven't heard of that 
really? At all. They use that <laughs> yeah. at public pools yeah. a lot. That's also a great sentence. We don't swim well. in your right. toilet, don't pee in our pool, and don't <laughs> drown people. Those are the two most common. <laughs> don't drown. Use. And clear, yeah. Anyway. Don't all right, MJ. Don't and Benadryl. Yeah. Uh, all right. My, my turn? F- <laughs> MJ, you, MJ, my, my turn. Okay. So um, we've been, you know, hurricane season. We've been talking hurricanes. We've had some of that... Uh, uh talk going on and uh with hurricane hermine um hermione yeah yeah right yeah, that was my one that was my one from last time was the people who called hurricane hermine hurricane hermione well this time i've uh, i'll post a video uh of a beach um where they are showing the lifeguard shack and it's got the beach uh, or the uh, hurricane warning flag up and the uh, water is you know well inundated the uh the lifeguard shack and the lifeguards are bailing out. They're leaving. And they show, you know, a, a family of four with two little kids walking along the, the beach thinking the waves are really cool and uh, practically knocking the kid, little kids over. And then they, they keep it rolling and they pan over to the other side and there's a guy walking out into waves that you, you can't surf on him, but he's got a surfboard. Because, but they're too frequent. There's no way you can actually do anything. Was that at Disney? He's walking right out there with it, and and then they show a couple other people doing stuff. So it's just one of those, you know, a bunch of idiots out in a hurricane <laughs> that probably shouldn't be out on the Are beach. You got video? You have video? There's a video of that. Absolutely. Oh, nice. You should have had a boogie board. Boogie boards are the way to go in those types of scenarios. That's almost like <laughs> yeah. the people who go out to the shore and wait for a tsunami. They want to see right. the tsunami. Right. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen it. I've seen it. Yep. Like, yeah, it's like the people right. that walk walk by the beach and are looking for alligators, and then <laughs> one comes up and you don't do that, Phil. No, Phil. If if I ever if an alligator ever approached me, I'm confident I'd be able to take it. You could happy so. Gilmore it. <laughs> okay, Steve. You heard what happened Gilmore. to Steve Irwin, right? Steve Urkel, you mean? Anyway, no, Maz, not Urkel. You Steve. Maz, Urkel. let's check out the, one of the weather resources <laughs> this week. Awesome, he's, awesome. He's the other Australian guy, Steve Urkel. <laughs> oh, nice. Good show, though. Hey, so let's go to Dina before we lose her. I know. Jeez. There's one that I've been playing with the last few weeks uh, called Hurricane Tracker. It's, uh, I think it's from Hearst TV, but it's, um, you know, it's the dark blue and red like hurricane flags if you're looking at the little thumbnails but it's really nice because you click on it and it gives you all the storms and all the tracks and like as you scan down it'll give you the the spaghetti models it gives you like everything really on one page so it's kind of nice um instead of having to get on like nhc and then go from the Atlantic and then click over to the Eastern Pacific and then get on the Joint Typhoon Center and get on that page and look at that. And it's all right there. It's kind of nice. It gives you an up-to-date, like, quick little version. And now this hurricane season, I've been using it quite a bit. So like is that, it. like, first.com or how do you find it? Um, it I, when I looked <laughs> at it, it said, like, Hurricane Tracker and it said Hearst TV. So I think that's who made all it says. But it'll give you like satellite and visible satellite and radar and everything. You just like, you know, scroll it. So that that's a phone app, right? It's a phone app. Yeah. Like, okay. uh, uh, yeah. But um, I kind of like it. It it's pretty it's pretty helpful. Did you just show us your phone on a podcast? An audio podcast. Audio podcast. Look, hopefully, hopefully, it's not yeah. a Samsung Seven because that could be threatening. 
your computer right now because it could catch fire very quickly. Catch fire and blow oh, up. Oh, jeez. No, Absolutely. I've got the iPhone. Smart. Smart gal. Good. Good. All right. Hey, so, Phil, you got one too, I think, right? Uh, yeah, I do got one. Um, this is uh, StormTrack, stormtrack.org. They also have uh, at least an iPhone app called uh, StormTrack. <laughs> uh, so it's StormTrack app. But anyway, what it is, it's it's a community blog for severe weather and storm chasing discussion. But there's some really good good stories there. A lot of people contribute. Um, you can either just download it and and read it um, as a guest, or you can subscribe as a um, contributor or a, a user. Uh, you just have to register. You don't really subscribe, but you register. And then you can also contribute uh, if you happen to have uh, some stuff to add. But there's really some good stuff on there as far as good stories from storm chasers and uh, things of that nature. I'm on it right now. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, and it even shows the members that are online right now. All their pictures are like storms, so you can't tell who they are. Right. You know? Yeah, it's a mystery. It's called Storm and, and, Chaser? Uh, no, Storm Track. Storm Track. Storm Track. Yep, Storm Track. That so, yeah, you can do- download it to your phone. Uh, and there's just some good articles, good reading in there, um, some neat stuff uh, to, to take a look at. So, cool. That sounds good, Bill. We got anybody else? We'll, we'll, yeah, I think that's it. We'll, so we'll post all that stuff, both our, uh, both our Weather Fools and our WX resources. We'll post that to our show notes. So those links, uh, if they're relevant, uh, will be on there if you guys want to check that stuff out. Uh, MJ, what do we got? Any listener comments? Yeah, let's give a shout out to Claire Bear 125 who left the Claire Bear. Yeah, Claire Bear. My Twitter handle is Air Bear. So they left us a a review on iTunes, and uh, and Claire Bear says, "I absolutely love this podcast. I have never really gotten into podcasts or knew what they were until I was on Twitter and saw this being retweeted." I, I immediately subscribed and have listened to every episode. Take notes and learn so much. I would definitely yeah. highly recommend it. Um, Thanks, Claire I Bear. Would, yeah. I would wow. give more stars if I could. Awesome job. Wow. Wait, which, which Claire Bear is it? What number? Claire Bear 125, not 124, 124. Because I knew 123. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks, Claire Bear 125. Yeah, thanks, Claire Bear. Claire Bear, you rock. Stay, stay, stay chill. All right, so that, that does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks Podcast. Uh, we thank you guys for listening. And if you like the show, tell a friend. And as Claire Bear did, uh, give us a review on iTunes or Google Play. And if you, didn't, if, if, <laughs> if you didn't like it, uh, then tell us. But yeah, go ahead and give us Be a review. Nice anyway. We'll take them good or bad. Just email Phil. Email That's all right. negative comments. And we do, Phil. guys, we do want to answer your questions or discuss your comments on future shows. So some of you uh, have, have been very good about that. Send us your qu- thoughts or questions to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com. want to uh, give a special thanks to our guest tonight, Aubrey Urbanowitz. And so for MJ, Brady, Maz, and Dina, I'm going to signal the all clear, and we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. 
For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com, providing interactive weather content for web, mobile, and digital displays at cost-effective prices, zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.